appreciate you guys. Isn't that exciting? Being able to worship together with brothers and sisters in Christ, being able to just sing. I stood back there in the back and just watched y'all. Didn't so much listen to y'all, but just looking around. The, you're singing. You're, you're, uh, God is doing something in and through each and every one of us. And it is exciting to, to watch the Spirit of God move and work. He has saved us. He has made us His very own. My prayer for you is that you know Christ. That you have a personal relationship with Christ. It's exciting to see young people being baptized. To see anybody be baptized. That public profession that I am not ashamed. I, I am a follower of Jesus and I am not ashamed of what He has done and is doing in my life. See, that's, that's the place we are as Christians. We're in, the, we're in the place of is doing. God is making us. He is conforming us. He is bringing us into the image of His Son. What an amazing thought. What an amazing opportunity it is to be one of His sons and daughters, to be a kid of the King, to be a Christian in our world today, to be a Christian, period. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting to, to look around and see what God is doing at Chapel Hill here at this church. We've seen people come to know Christ as their Savior. We've seen people who rededicate their lives. We've seen people who have just been sort of going through the motions and, and they're getting excited again. And, and a question I, I've heard many times throughout ministry, especially you lead a whether you're on a mission trip or you're in a, a I don't know, VBS, just wherever you're, you're walking with a person and you're, they come to know Christ, you have that opportunity to lead them through and lead them to Christ. It's nothing you're doing. It is a, it's just the privilege that God gives you. You're there at that moment and you get to share the gospel with somebody. You get to walk them through the Roman road or, or something and they're holding God's word in their lap and they're reading it. And I've heard it so many times, now what? What do I do now? I've, I've trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. What do I do now? And we tell them, we, sometimes what I usually do is I'll mark in Scripture, I'll mark over in, I'll, I'll put a, I'll fold a ear, pull, I'll do that. I will mark, mark, or I will mark John for them and say, start reading God's Word, I'll say, start praying. Find you a Bible-believing church. Find you a, a place that preaches the truth of God's Word and get plugged in. Don't just go through the motions now. Because you're brand new. You're a new creation. You're a new creature in Christ. Remember last week? Your reality is brand new. You're no longer that old person. You're a brand new person in Christ. And with being brand new, and with all of that excitement that a person has, now what? Where do I go? What do I do? How do you want me to live? This morning, I want to invite us, let's all go over to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, very familiar passage. It's one of those we've had memorized. It's one of those you memorized early on as a young person. You know, there's a lot of people asking that. Now what? They're wanting to know what God wants. They want to know what, what God desires for them in their life. They want to be obedient. I, I don't know why a Christian would not want to be obedient to their Savior. I think Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 gives us a very 
clear picture of God's expectation for us. We know the book of Romans, it's really broke down into two books almost in one. You've got the first 11 chapters, theology, and so much deep, rich truth that, that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot work for our salvation. We cannot do anything. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every person is a sinner and we, we learn that there's nothing that we can do. It's only what Christ did for us. And you get over to chapter 12 and application starts. You know, application is the now what? Application of, of actually actually putting motion to our faith, movement to what we know, application of. Because we know a lot of stuff. I mean, how many sermons have you sat through? How many verses have you got memorized? How many Bible studies have you taught? How many Sunday schools and discipleship trainings and Wednesday night and breakouts and small groups have you sat in and you've heard some amazing word from the Lord? But see, to answer it, now what? It's application. Now what is, is doing what God saved you to do? Therefore, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. What are the mercies of God? It's His salvation. It's His free gift of redemption that He has poured out on us. It should have been me on the cross. It should have been you on the cross. Jesus never sinned. He was without sin. It should have been you and me on the cross because it's us that lies, cheats, steals. It's us that knows the right thing to do and does not do it. It is us, not him. But he stood there and he took our place. That's God's mercy. God's mercy is the Holy Spirit that He's given us as Christians. When we start heading down a path or, or making a choice or, or an opportunity is there before us that we it's very clear, do I do what God would want me to do or do I do what I want to do or what the world would want me to do? And it's not right in that Holy Spirit inside of us. His Spirit, He promised He wouldn't leave us as orphans. He promised He wouldn't leave us alone. But He said, i got to go so I could send a helper and He would bring to your remembrance all that I've taught you. Guys, the mercy of God is He's given us Himself. He's given us His Spirit. You and I are not alone as Christians. He's given us Himself. That's His mercy. He didn't leave us to die. He didn't, we, were, we were hell bound. We, we, didn't, we didn't choose God. He chose us. He found us. He made us His very own. That's His mercy. We were destined to hell. And He radically came and He found us. Where were you? Remember that moment? Remember where you were when you trusted Christ as your Savior? That's God's mercy. I mentioned this morning, I had prayer before church this morning, and one of the guys that was praying with me said, thank you God for your word. Thank you for words. Thank you for, the, for, for language. Guys, I've said it so many times, we don't have to wonder what God wants from us. He has it clearly written down and that we can read it for ourselves and we can understand that's His mercy. All of that. We don't deserve its favor. It's unmerited. It's goodness that we don't deserve. Think about this day. Remember, last week we had a snowstorm. Remember, we woke up one day last week and it was, it was snow everywhere. And this week is, they're in the pool. 
It's like crazy. God is blessing the fire out of us. That's His mercy. God's mercy, God's goodness, God's God's favor, church. There's no limit. If we were to sit and talk about it, we could go on forever and ever and ever. But it's by that mercy that God tells us to do something. By that mercy, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercy of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. You know what God wants from you? You. God wants you. God wants everything about you. I want you to hear that this morning. I want you to hear that God wants everything there is about you. He wants your abilities. He wants your strengths, your talents. He wants your weaknesses. He wants the thing. He wants what comes out of your mouth. He wants what you see. He wants what you hear. He wants what you think. He wants what you put your hands to, where your feet take you to. He wants all of you. Old Testament, remember the sacrificial system? He wanted a dead sacrifice. Lambs and sheep and doves. God don't want a dead sacrifice. God wants us. Standing back there just watching you stand and praise His name. That's what God wants. But He don't just want it on a Sunday morning. Or 30 minutes to an hour every Sunday morning. He wants it all the time. You want to know now what? Uh, we're excited. New preacher. People are excited. People, there's, there's an energy. I feel it. There, there's an excitement. And people are talking. And it's, it's kind of a buzz. Now what? I'll tell you now what. God wants you to surrender everything that you're doing in your life to Him. He wants your career. He wants your family. He wants your marriage. He wants your home. He wants your kids. He wants everything. Not just a little bit of it. I'm telling you. You want to see revival? See it often. If you were just writing down all these things I say of you want to see revival, if you'd have just put all them together, wow, yeah. A holy and a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Lord God, I thank you for a good night's sleep. I thank you for for a good rest. I thank you for taking care of us and providing. I thank you for all that you do for us. And as I wake up today, God, I give you me. I give you everything that I have. I give you my life. I lay myself down because of your great mercies. Because of your mercies. Think about it. When you stop and step back and think of everything God has done for you, why would we even hold back anything? Why would we hesitate even for a moment? Why would we, why would we question? Why would we yell but? Why would we do any of that when we think about how, how far away from God we were? How messed up we were? When we think about what we really deserve and we see what we're getting because of Him... And then he just asks in return, look, I, I, I want you. And the devil says, and the world says, and the lie says to us, hey, you can't give up that. And I get it, I get it. This world, we got jobs, we got lives, we got careers, we got 401ks, we got houses, cars, kids going to college, we got ball games, we got 
ball games are starting up and travel ball to come and all this stuff, everything is pulling us. And the lie of the world is the lie of the world is this, church. The lie of the world is this stuff down here will satisfy you. The lie of the world is this will bring you joy and happiness and contentment. Contentment and this will complete you. But the mercy of God is He's already given you everything you need. He's given you His self. He's given you His Son. He's given you His life. He's given you everything. That's His mercy. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. And here's the kicker. That confusing section at the very end of verse 1 of Romans 12 The American reads it funny too. It says, which is your spiritual service of worship? Which is your reasonable act of service? Which is, and all the versions give you all these different things because there's really no good way to to translate it. It basically says this. After all God has done for you, the bare minimum that we should give back to Him is ourselves. I mean, the, the, the bare bones, the bottom, the most essential part of our giving back to God is everything that we are. We don't hold nothing back. You say, Brother Shannon, I'm here. How much time? Think about it. Honestly, be serious. Quick inventory. How much time do you give to the Lord each week? Okay, I uh, give him an hour on Sunday morning. I do go to Sunday school. That's two hours. I do come back for Wednesday night. That's another hour. I do my Bible study each morning. I'm at three hours. My Bible study takes me about 15 minutes. I do it six days a week there. I, it's not much, is it? Yeah, but what about my prayer time? It's convicting. I stand before you here in those numbers and I, it, it breaks my heart. To know His mercy, to know what He did, and to see need. To know what He did, and to know me. My, and then to read that just the bare minimum is us giving everything. If the bare minimum is us us giving everything, if the bare minimum is us giving everything, how little do we give? See, that's convicting to me. But praise God. Praise God for this. The cool thing about our Christian walk and the journey that we're on is being made and conformed to the image of our Savior is that He doesn't leave us where we are. There's no point that we get to except till death. There's no point on this journey that we get to a point to where we can't go further. I want you to hear that. You can still, we can still, I can still be more like Christ the rest of this day than I was up to this point in my life. I can, be, oh, I can be more obedient from this moment forward than I was to date. 
And that's the beauty of His grace. That's the beauty of His mercy. Is He, he don't just condemn us when we mess up. No, He give us, He give you and me a brand new day. I did a funeral yesterday down in Monroeville. Great lady. Amazing lady. But she's gone. And she and all the others have passed the batons to you and I. And we have but a vapor to walk in obedience to our Savior. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed. Listen. Just listen. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a war that's going on in the, in the pews. There's a war that's going on in your seat. There's a war that's going on in you. Because as you sit and you listen and you hear and are reminded of God's mercy and you, you're reminded of what He desires for us and you're reminded... Of what just the bare bones. There's a, there's a conviction. And the renewing of our mind is when the Spirit of God comes and, and moves through our lives. And, and that struggle starts happening because the flesh begins to rationalize. And the flesh begins, even you're sitting there and the flesh begins to say, Yeah, he don't, have, he don't know what you're going through. He don't understand your life. He don't know your schedule. He don't know, your, he don't know that ball just started and, and, and band's going crazy. And football and baseball and I got all this stuff. And then I got work and then I got my mom meetings and my daddy's meetings and then I got everything he don't understand that I don't I don't but God does and he told us in his word that a holy and holy and acceptable offering to him is ourselves Imagine, imagine what could happen in this world when that ultra busy, and I get it, we're ultra busy, when that ultra busy mama, daddy, son or daughter, athlete, cheerleader, surrenders to the God of this universe and says, Lord, take everything that I am. Take all this, and I give it to you. I give you everything that I am. I give you everything. Imagine what God starts doing. See, that's, that's the renewing of the mind. That's the transformation. That's, the, that's what happens as we, we surrender not to the will and ways of this world, but we surrender to the will of the Lord God of this universe. Who is telling us, look, I want all of you. I, I don't care what all this world, the prince and power and ruler of this air is a lying, thieving murderer. And God don't care what he says. 
But renewing of your mind comes when that, when that struggle, that conviction, that conflict of faith happens inside of you. And you make that choice. We make it every single day and all throughout the day. Am I going to obey this or am I going to run with what I want to do? Am I going to obey this? Am I going to hear this? Am I going to hear, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship? Am I going to hear that? That the bare essential that I can give to God is everything that I am? Am I going to hear that? Or am I going to, that's a great sermon, preacher. You brought it this morning. a boy. That's exactly what we talked about in Sunday school. That's a really good one. Stomp my toes on that one, brother. Did it transform you? Are, you, are we going to go out and be living sacrifices to on the altar of our Savior for our Lord. Preacher, why is the world like it is? Preacher, why is our world in the mess it's in? Because we give this lip service. We give this attaboy service. We give this I agree with you. But. I agree with everything you say in preacher, but. I've been with this company a long time. I got 15, 20. I'm right there. I'm right there. You're right there, but it's God of your life. I'm, I'm up for promotion. I'm, I'm so close. If I could just get a little more... Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing, church, how the enemy, here's what the enemy does. Just a little further. Just a little further. Just a, just a little further. If I, can, if I can give a little more time, if I can work a little harder, if I can do a little bit more, I'm almost there. I've almost arrived. I've almost made it. I've almost reached my goal. All the while. Our kids grow up around us and they disappear and our grandkids come in and don't even know us and our wives and our husbands leave us. And we get sick and they quickly replace us. What are we chasing, church? This stuff is fleeting down here. I, I get you. I get you. I understand. I'm, I, I understand this world system. I understand it. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. Why is the world the way it is, preacher? Because the church has ignored Scripture. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Probably. Now what? I've, I've been asked that so many times. Now what? What do I do now? How, what do I do now? You know another one I get asked. Probably more than that. What's God's will? 
We just read it. What's God's will for my life? For you to completely surrender and lay yourself out for Him every single day of your life and be at His mercy and be, be His in every situation you find yourself. Be His son or His daughter right there where you are. Be His. His kid right there. Listening. Listening to what He's saying. And you know, here's the thing. I said it, and you've got good examples over here. You've got examples of people with kids. You've got college students. You've got high school students. You've got moms with little people. You've got grandparents. Around this room, we're at all different stages. We're at lots of stages. And, and yeah, what he may be saying to this group with small kids may be different than this group with, with grandkids and this group that's widows and this group that's single. He may be saying different things at this very moment that, hey, I need you to go do but he's telling every one of us to surrender our lives to him. That's universal. If you're a high school student, he just wants you to give him yourself. College students, parents, senior adults, we don't outgrow this. We don't outgrow this. It don't get to a point to where we rip it out and say, I've, I've completed that one. No. No, we present our bodies a living sacrifice every single day we wake up. We present our bodies a living sacrifice every single day we come conscious. And all through the day when those opportunities and those conversations and those choices are to be made. Am I going to do what I know lines up with this word or am I going to do what I know probably pleases this world the world and the word are in pretty much opposition to one another and here you and I are in the middle of that great conflict and we go out every day so here we are, here we stand, here we come to this moment, the renewing of our mind. You know, you've, you've been through these sermons, Dr. J preached this sermon, you just had this basic message in Sunday school, I hear. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it this time? You know, you, you, you've heard Romans 12, 1 and 2 so many times, you knew it. As soon as I said 12, some of you just kind of... Put your Bible away and said, I got this one. I know what he's going to talk about. Well, what you going to do about it this time? See, that's the thing. That's, that's where we come to when we... That's the renewing of our mind because we're all in a struggle. We're all, we're all being made into the image of our Savior. And he's weeding out and he's transforming us. So now what? Now what? See that question mark? Now what? What do we do with this? Good sermon. Good sermon. And, and some of you have already checked out, already thinking, what's for lunch? I get you. 
I get you. Just didn't sit, did it? Today it just didn't work. Nah, I wasn't too into that one. Nah, he didn't speak to me today. Nah, I really, you know, I was, I was thinking about work. Did I lock the front door? Did I cut the pot roast off? Is my curling iron still on upstairs with a towel on top of it? Did I do that? And that's all you thought about for the last 30 minutes. Because you got Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2 memorized. See how, simp- see, see how simple yet effective the enemy is. He wants nothing more than for us to continue to go through the motion over and over and over and over. No real life change. No real transformation. No real commitment. Arm's length. I'll I'll dabble in it. Fringe at best. And Satan sits back and he takes victory laps around the church. The church of God. All because, I tell you now what, he wants you. He wants everything about you. He wants you. Man up. Woman up. He wants you. He wants you. Everything about you. He wants you. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God. That your spirit, God, I'm not a good preacher. But your spirit is so powerful. Holy Spirit of God, don't let us just continue to hear it. Continue to know it. Continue to be very familiar with it. And not apply it. Not live by it. Not put it into action. Not take it as who we are. God, forgive us. Lord, as we sing this song, as we sing of all songs this song, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.